Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. Well, good morning. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Good morning. It is so good to be here this morning. I, I tell you, I'm excited to see what God is going to do in this place. My name is Ryan Garrett. I'm the youth pastor here at Sugar Hill, and I, uh, I am so honored to, uh, to be here this morning. I tell you, I love to preach. I, I, just, I just love to preach, and uh, I, I get excited about God's Word, and it's kind of like Jeremiah 29 that says, you know, it's like a fire shut up in my bones, worthy of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I, I, am, I like to preach the Word of God. I like to teach it. I like to talk about it. I just, I think it's just because uh, I love Jesus. Anybody else love Jesus out there? <laughs> Few of us. There's a couple of us that didn't clap. That's okay. We know you love Jesus. We're just reverent. It's okay, but uh, that's all right. But we're glad that you're here this morning. We're excited. Ryan, I told uh, the camera guys uh, in the last service that you might want to just back it out just a little bit because I move around and just leave it. And, uh, and then that way it's not like everybody's just bouncing around and everybody's walking, you know. Or you could do that and I could act like everybody's agreeing with me. So that would be okay too. So and I realize when I do that, I'm looking right at the camera and that's just Awkward. So I'm going to look back down here. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. So, man, I tell you, we are, we're excited to be back. God did some big things. I want to thank you for, uh, if you have one of these orange bracelets on your wrist, adults, if you have one, would you just hold your hand up? If you, awesome. Students, look around. These are the folks that prayed for you this week. Students, y'all give them a hand this morning. Man, that's awesome. I tell you, thank you for your prayers. Um, God just did the immeasurable, and that's what we were praying. And uh, if my expectations were right here, God, went way above them and, and uh, just did bigger things that we could have ever asked or imagined that he would do this week at camp. And we we're excited to get back and we we're excited to come uh, be here this morning. And as I was uh, thinking about this sermon, as I was thinking about coming back from camp, I, it got me thinking about, and I know this is going to sound weird. I know this is just how my brain works, but uh, it got me really thinking about coming back from one of my favorite vacations. Some of you like going on vacation. So we got a few of us in here like going... Those who didn't raise your hand, you might know to go on one, and then you might like them, you know what I'm saying? So I, I tell you, well, I, I love to go on vacations. We don't get to do it a lot, but one of my favorite vacations my wife and I got to take is we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Anybody ever heard of Jackson Hole, Wyoming? It is, I tell you, it is heaven on earth. I love that place. We got there, and the snow had just fallen, and it was it was uh, kind of October time, and and it was just it, the the snow was on the ground, but it wasn't covering everything, and it was just beautiful. We uh we we got to see the Grand Tetons, and we the place where we stayed was right across the street from like an elk preserve, and all I was hoping was uh wish I had a rifle with a scope on it, you know, and and uh, it would have that was a joke. I wouldn't really shoot an elk in a reserve. I might, but I don't know. But, but anyway, it, it was, it was an amazing place. And, and so we, we take a bunch of pictures. If you're like me, I like to take pictures. And, and it was back before we took all our pictures on our cell phones. We had an actual digital camera. We were taking pictures of everything. And so when we got back, when I got back from our, our trip from, uh, uh, Jackson Hole, I could not wait to tell everybody about it. I actually, I wouldn't shut up about it for about a month. It was so awesome. I was telling everybody about where we went. I was talking about the Elks. I was talking about the Grand Tetons. I was talking about the snow. I was talking about everything. I actually pulled these things out called pictures that were on paper. Remember those that we had? It was about five or six years ago. And man, y'all are a tough crowd. I heard this was the rowdy crowd, Chuck. 
These are excited people. They're kind of needing to wake up this morning. Come on now. So that we actually had these paper, these paper pictures and I would pull them out of my pocket and show them to anybody who would look just to say, look at what was, what we went to and where we, we got to experience. And, and man, we've all been there. You go on a vacation, you go somewhere and we, we take a bunch of pictures and, and we post all over Facebook. We post all over Instagram and Twitter and we just can't tell, we can't wait to tell everybody about it because what we want is we want them to experience some of the same things that we experienced. We want them to eat where we ate. We want them to see what we saw. We want them to go the places we went because we had a good time and we knew it was an awesome thing and we knew uh, it was just so exciting. So we want to bring people with us. We want to, we want people to experience what we experienced. Well, the neat thing about it is Moses, who we've been talking about for the past few weeks, was in the same boat. He did the same thing. And if you don't believe me, I want to invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31. I tell you, as you're turning there, over the past few weeks, this has been an awesome series that that uh, that Bobby and Chuck have been uh, been preaching, and it's just been amazing. And we've been just so I, I've been spoken to by the Lord, and it's it's just so filling. And I leave here filled with what God has to say to me. And as we look at what God has done through Moses' life in Exodus, we find this chapter, this verse that we're going to talk about. It's going to be kind of our springboard of where we are today. And we're going to dive in. We're going to dive in head first, and we're just going to see what God has to say to us. So I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to say, are you ready? No, adults, that's you too. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? <laughs> say, I'm ready. I'm ready. No, tell your neighbor, I'm ready. Don't tell me. <laughs> let's say, let's do this. Awesome. We're going to have, we're going to have fun this morning. We're going to see what God has to say to us. And I tell you, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this service. So it's, let's just take a look at uh, verse 18 of chapter 20 or 31, excuse me, and see what God did. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave them, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. This verse is so huge and so rich, and we could just hang out on this verse all day and just talk about how good God is, how big God is, and how, how awesome He is. But there's a few things that I want to point out out of this verse that we're going to take with us as we go throughout the next few verses. When the Lord uh, finished speaking to Moses, you got to understand, God spoke to Moses, as Scripture says later on, face to face. I mean, He would speak to him face to face. It was a big deal that God spoke to Moses. It was a, it was a huge honor and a huge responsibility as well. But the Lord spoke to Moses. And it was, there's a, there's a big word right in the middle of that. The Lord speaking is he finished. It was when he spoke to Moses, he was right on time. He told Moses exactly what he needed to hear when he needed to hear it. The Lord had a plan and he had a plan to speak to Moses. It was very important. And so when he was done, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. And when I think about that, that God actually took his hand and, and, and wrote down these laws, these decrees that we need to follow and what they needed to follow. And, and, and he wrote them down. What an honor to, to hold them in Moses' hands. What a big deal it was that he got to experience God face to face. 
And as we look at this story, as we, as we springboard off of 31 and, and we go into chapter 32, we really see three different kinds of people as we look at this story. We, we see three different kinds of people, three different types of people as we look at this history lesson of what this truth is. And so we look at this, and, and I see three different kinds of people. And if you're taking notes, number one, if you're writing notes, I hope you are. The only reason we ask you and we give you those lines in the bulletin, we, we tell you to take notes is because if you're like me, most of us are, we forget as soon as we walk out. And so if you're taking notes, we want you to write these down. We, want, we don't want you to forget. And it's not because of us. It's because of God's Word. So if you're taking notes, I want to invite you to write this simple thing down. As we look at the story, the person, number one, we see those who came down from the mountain. Those who came down from the mountain, and which was Moses. Moses came down from the mountain. He came down. Look at this. In order to go up the mountain, or excuse me, in order to come down the mountain, he had to go up. So we look at uh, chapter 24. You don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll turn there for you. I want to read this to you. Verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commands I've written for their instruction. You need to understand those who came off the mountain, they were obedient to go on the mountain. Moses was obedient. God said to come up. He went up. He was obedient. And so we also look at this, those who came off the mountain, they talked with God. God spoke to Moses. And we just read that in verse 18. The Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai. It was a big deal. They experienced the king. Moses got to experience the king. He got to experience God on the mountain, but it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. Those who went up to the mountain, they had to come down off the mountain. Moses had to come down off the mountain. We look at chapter uh, 32, verse 15. I'll read it for you. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God, the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. So Moses, as he came down the mountain, he was first obedient to go. He got to talk with God, and at one point, he couldn't keep it to himself. He had to come down. He had to come down. But when he came down, he experienced the next group of people. He saw the next group of people, and it's those who were compromising at the bottom. Those who were compromising at the bottom, if you look at verse or chapter 32, verse 1, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, he gathered around Aaron and said, or they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us a God who will be before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. You got to understand the people at the bottom, they grew bored. They grew bored. They were waiting for Moses about 40 days and 40 nights, and, and they were waiting on Moses just to come down, and they're sitting there, and they're just growing bored, and they're saying, where's Moses? Oh, man, is he ever going to come back? I'm so bored. I'm just tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. And so they say that, 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 that in my waiting, in my boredom, leads us to the next thing they were, is they were restless. They were bored, and they were restless. Look at verse 1. Excuse me, verse 2. Aaron answered, take off your gold earrings that your wives and sons, your daughters are all wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an 
idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioned it with a tool, and then they said, Here is your God, O Israel. They grew restless. They said, Make us a God. And Aaron said, Bring all your gold, bring everything you have, and we'll make something for you. And so they, they got bored, which led to restlessness. So they said, if he's not coming back, we'll just have something for us. And so what they did in their mind, they just retreat, retracted back to where they once saw people worshiping. Calf worship was a big deal back then. And so they said, we'll just make a calf. And so they made this calf. So they were restless. Or excuse me, they were bored and they were restless. And at the end, they settled. They settled. Look at verse 3. So they took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. Verse 6, so the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. They settled. They said, we're, just, we're, we're not even going to wait on him. This, man, this is just taking way too long. And, 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 and they get antsy and said, we've got to have something. And so they make this, this calf this idol, this thing that they can put their hope and their trust and every, all, all they have into this thing. And they settled for what was there. So that's not it. That, there's, that's, you got the person who come down off the mountain, Moses, and you have the people who compromised at the bottom. But as I'm reading this, I see one more group of people, those who counted on a word, those who were counting on a word from God. They wanted to know what God had said. Look at verse 26 of chapter 32. Moses stood at the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. You got to understand that, that not everybody at the bottom was ripping off the rings and their earrings and their gold and giving it. There were some that were just waiting on Moses to come off the mountain and some that were just waiting to experience what God had done in Moses' life and to see what God, is, God had done in Moses' life. And they were counting on a word and they were just waiting to see what he was saying. And, and when look at verse 29, it says, Then Moses said, You have been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and brothers, and he has blessed you this day. Those waiting, those counting on a word, they were set apart. They were different because you had the crowd that was compromising and they were doing their own thing. And they said, no, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to wait. I want to see what happens when they, when he came off the mountain. I, I want to hear what God has done. I want to see what God has done. I want to experience they were counting on a word from the Lord. And you say, Ryan, how in the world does this fit with me? How in the world does this meet me where I am? How in the world does this, this, this story, this, this thing we've been checking on for the past couple of weeks and this thing that we've, we've seen in this familiar story, how in the world does this meet me? And, and I'm just going to tell you right now, the three kind of the people that we've been talking about in this story are right here in this room. The three kinds of people that I just went over are sitting right here. So let's talk about that. Let's see how you fit into this picture. How do you, how do you land in here? There's some in here in this place that have just come off the mountain. These students have just came off the mountain. They got to, to break away from the world. 
They got to, to check out from their everyday routine. They got to, they got to experience God up on the mountain. You know, when we left, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough, you know, and, and, and tough reason number one is they didn't have their cell phones. <sighs> that was a big deal. Some of them are attached to their cell phones and they didn't have their cell phones. And so they were, they were disconnected from the world. And when they got here, you know, there was some that, that saw that there were two buses and they're all asking me, Ryan, how are we going to split up where we need to put our stuff? And I just said, wait. And so as the time came to board the bus, I said, the guys will be in this bus. The girls will be in this bus. Huh? You are splitting us up. What do you mean? Yeah, so they didn't have their cell phones. They were split up, boys and girls, and they're freaking out. Oh, my goodness, you know, how am I going to, you know, talk to this person? How am I going to hang out with my boyfriend, my girlfriend, or my potential, my camp girlfriend, boyfriend? You know, how am I going to how am I going to start this early because I only have a week, and they're going to like me for a week, and how am I going to do this? Ryan, you're interrupting everything. And so we don't have my cell phone. We don't have, you know, we're not able to ride with each other, and we're going to a camp we've never been to. Check this out. I, this is a timeout moment. Students, I didn't tell you this, but that camp that we went to was the very first camp I ever went to as a student. How cool. Uh, for me, and maybe not be cool for you, but for me, that's pretty awesome. Time back in. So, so <clears throat> we go to this camp. We've been doing beach camp for a while. We've been doing our own thing. And we, so, so we go to this camp that we've never been to that, that, you know, we don't have our cell phones. We can't ride with the people that we like, we want to. We thought we were going to. We're going to somewhere else and we get in this drama and we're going, where are we? VBS? I mean, all we're, we're seeing this drama unfold. We don't know what I'm watching the students just looking at, this is dumb. This is stupid. I wish I had my cell phone so I could take a picture and send it to my girlfriend who's sitting right over there and tell them that this is dumb. It's stupid. And they're sitting there just, I don't know what's going on. And then they get split up into different groups and they're not understanding what's going on. But I tell you, by the time we get to day two in the evening, God shows up on our students. And God does something different. He said, you know, I, I can't tell you how many students, and I appreciated their honesty. I can't tell you how many students came up to me and said, Ryan, I was, I was pretty mad at you. I'm not even going to lie when we were on our way. And I appreciate it. I was like, thank you. Huh? Thank you for being mad at me. But their next statement was, I don't even miss my cell phone right now. You know, splitting up wasn't that big of a deal. And I'm seeing things that I've never experienced before in my whole life. And this only day two. And so we go through day three and we're there Wednesday and God just shows up and, and Thursday, you know, we're, we're going and, and God just, God just shows up in the, in, in the camp and the students are just on fire. And, and, uh, Thursday afternoon at 4.30, a couple of the students said, Hey, would it be all right if we just had a student led prayer time? I was like, oh, no, yes, it's okay. And so, so. They said, okay. So they announced it at church time on Wednesday night and, and church time is my favorite time. We'll talk about that in a second. And Thursday at 4.30, there was about 60, 70 students who filled the lobby of this, uh, this retreat center and just prayed and just casted vision on what they want to see in their hearts and what they want to see in their student ministry and what they want to be called out to do. 
I mean, they were experiencing God and, and they see God and they saw God. And some of them, I feel like, saw God face to face. And, and so they're, they're stepping up and they're standing out and they're saying, I want to be this. And, and, and how do we be this? Well, we're going to be like this because, you know, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to stop doing that. And I'm going to lead the younger people, girls standing up and saying, I'm going to pick some younger girls to follow, uh, older girls standing up. I'm going to take some younger girls with me. Older guys are standing up. Where's the younger guys? Man, if you need someone to hang out with, call me. I want to pour into you. And man, God was just showing up big time. And so we get to Thursday night and we talk about the attack from the enemy because there's so many firsts. This is the first time our students had gone without cell phones, gone in different buses, gone to this camp, experienced God in this way for a lot of them. And then we get to Thursday night and we're understanding that the next day we're going back to the world that did not go to camp with us. And what I called the 515 time. Now, we got back from camp a little early, and that's okay, but it still happened. And what 515 was that moment where we were projected to get off the bus, and our moms and dads would hand us our cell phones. And about 6 o'clock or 545, we'd roll back in our house, and we'd go to our room that didn't go to camp with us. And so what I was encouraging our students is, when you get those cell phones, you need to really pray about what you need to do with that responsibility that you have in your hand. Before you go to your room, you might need to make a beeline to the, to the kitchen and grab a trash bag because there might be some stuff in your room that you, is reminding you of your old life and you need to throw it in that trash bag. I'm going to tell you, we didn't even make it off the mountain. We didn't even make it to lunch till the enemy started attacking. Something happened on the guy's bus that I haven't happened in, I haven't happened, have happened in 13 years. It blew me away on how the enemy is such a punk and was just ready for getting, to get our guys off the mountain. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He's such a punk, but he was ready because God had shown up and done something huge in the life of our students. And so I can't tell you how many students that I receive picture messages from. I get on Instagram and I see, their boldness to say, you know what? I deleted Facebook. I deleted Twitter. I deleted these things. I deleted the things. I, I threw things away that reminded me of my old life. I cannot be the same. And they're not boasting in the stuff that they're doing. They're not saying, look at me, look at me. They're saying, God is doing something big in me. And I want to get rid of my old life. I don't want that stuff to bring me down. And it was a big deal. I can't tell you the amount of students that text me and, and just seeing their name come up on my on my phone and just seeing the response, I unsubscribe for these people on Twitter and, and YouTube. I, I, I stopped following these folks on, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I, I, I deleted some numbers out of my phone so, because those people were dragging me down. Whew. You talk about huge? That's big stuff. That's big stuff. And when God does something big in your life like that, it's, it's huge and so we've got the people who've come down the mountain, and, and that's our students, but also we have some people that are staying at the bottom, and really they're just compromising at the bottom. Because you didn't go to camp with us. You didn't experience what we experienced. You didn't see what we saw. You weren't a part, and you're okay when you, when, you, when you come get your kids and say, oh, that's cute, honey, that's sweet. And in the back of your mind going, ah, it's just a phase. It'll end out real quick. And students, can I just talk to you for a second like I did the first service? And I just want to remind you right now that there are some people that are waiting on you, waiting on you. Listen, they're waiting on you to fall down. They are waiting. 
They're waiting on you to trip up. They're waiting for next Sunday where you're not going to come down and you're not going to lift your hand and you're not going to sing your heart out. You're not going to give God your all. They're waiting on you to add them back on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. They're waiting on you. They're just waiting on you to trip up because they weren't where you were. They're compromising at the bottom. And you're saying, that, that, that's not me, that's not me, I, 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 I'm okay with where I am. That, you, know, you know, I'm okay in my sin, I'm okay with just doing the same old thing that I'm doing. That's good for them, and it's not good for me, that's okay. And, and the tough part is when I have a parent who picks up their kid, and they throw on the tunes and say, let's jam out. And the students are saying, I can't listen to this. And you say, what are you talking about? This is okay, this is for me. And the kid is looking at him and saying, God spoke to me this week, I can't do this anymore. And the parent's saying, that's all right, do whatever, it's just a phase you'll face out and it won't be a big deal in a month. So just, let's just start now. The tough part about it is I'm not just talking about parents. There's some students, there's some adults in here. There's some college students who are compromising and you don't want to do anything. You don't want to take the first step. You don't want to branch out on what God has to do. You want all the rewards, but you don't want to give anything up. That's compromise. You say, man, that that could be me. It could be you. It could be you. I want to ask, you know, what do you spend the most time doing? What is your idol? What are you compromising in your time? And I'm praying right now, that thought just hit your head. You're going, whoa, that's the Holy Spirit saying, that's you. That's you. Stop compromising. Stop compromising. Come to the Lord. So we look at this third person. We got those who came off the mountain and those who are compromising at the bottom and those who are counting on a word. Those who are counting on a word. You see, this week we've, we've been really hitting two words pretty hard and they both start with an R. One's revival. One's revival. We want something big to happen in our student ministry. We've been praying Ephesians uh, chapter 3, I believe, and it says we want the immeasurably more, that God can do the measurable, um, measurably more than we can ask or imagine. And that's what we've been praying. But the thing about it is, some of us who've been sitting at the, the bottom of the mountain, you're just waiting on that revival. You're just waiting, and, and all you need is just someone to stand up and lift their hands, or you're just waiting on someone to take that first step, and you're just waiting on someone to do something big. You're just waiting on someone else just to see. You might see, you, you, might, have a, you might be a parent, and you see your student come back from camp, and you're just saying, I, this is what I needed. I needed this spark. I needed this just to start a wildfire in a family. I, I need this as a church. We, we got to get the excitement that's going to come out of these students and spread throughout the, 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 the church, because here's the other R word. We are trying to rescue Gwinnett County. We want to rescue Gwinnett. And those who are counting on a word, we get fired up when we see what happens. We get excited to see what happens in someone else's life. We get, we get excited to see that God has met with someone and we want to experience it in somehow, some way. We want to be a part of that. And so my question to you this morning is, which person are you? Which person are you? And for those who've come off the mountain, and we've got to stay 
with God. We have to experience Him. We have to put Him first. We have to put Jesus as the center. For those who are compromising, we got to get rid of what we're, we're, we're casting as idols. We're putting in front of Jesus. And, and I tell my students all the time, how do you, do, you know, they ask me, how do, how do we know what is standing in the way? You know what I tell them? I tell them you pray and ask God, God, what's standing in the way of me and you? And that first thing he pops in your mind, that first thing that pops in your mind, your pride, your selfishness, your arrogance, your addictions, your problems that you're, you're the golf, the TV, your job, whatever. Those things that God puts in your heart, those are the things that you are running from, that you're compromising to, that he wants you to get rid of. And some of these students said, it, you know, Twitter, Facebook, uh, CDs, um, movies, these are things i got to get rid of. And so for some of us in here, we gotta, we got to get rid of that. we got to stop compromising. And then there's others in here this morning who are just counting on a word. You've waited for these students to get back. You've, you've followed our adults and, and myself on Instagram and Facebook, and you, you just got fired up. You got excited to see what God was doing. And it just starts firing up, firing you up, and you cannot wait to see what the reaction is going to be from the students and how it's going to spread throughout the church. And you just want to be on board because we have a lot to work to, of, of work to do. So this morning, wherever you're at, you're in one of these, these three places. We're going to take a time. We might just ask that God just speak to us. So if you would, would you just bow your heads right now? This is, there's nothing magical. I want you to know there's nothing magical about bowing your heads. It's just a time where we might get focused. We might close our eyes and just get focused to what God has to say to us this morning. You need to understand that obedience is not about losing things. It's about gaining all of Christ. It's not about giving up stuff. It's about getting all of Jesus. And so this morning, some of us really need to make some some concrete decisions and go through some physical things to, to make things and put Jesus first and and what's so awesome to see with students and is their boldness to, when God speaks, to respond. So for some of these students, just as much as they prayed at the first service, they need to pray the second, this service right now, that they would continue to put Jesus first. That this won't be an emotional camp high, but this will be actual life change. That we won't be the same. We will be different than the way we were. And so in a moment, as we start to sing, I'm going to invite those who, who are on the mountain to come down to this altar and just say, God, continue to speak to me. Continue to pour into me. Continue to, to, to show your love to me. You're so worthy. You're so awesome, God. Speak to me. And there's some that are in this place who are compromising. And when I said some of you are compromising, you knew exactly who I was talking to. You knew exactly what I was talking about because it hit you. It wasn't because of me. It was the Holy Spirit burning on your heart saying, you've got to stop. Jesus is so much better than anything else this world offers.
And so maybe today you might need to come to this altar. Maybe physically bend a knee for the first time. It might be the first time you've ever done it, but physically bend your knee and say, God, I give this to you. I give you my idol. You are so worthy. Help me to be more like you. And for those who are counting on the words, you might need to come down this morning and go face down on the altar and just pray that God would start a fire in your life and it might start today. That you wouldn't leave this place the same way that you came in. But today would be the day of change. Today would be the day that things are different. Today would be the day of revolution. So as we sing, as we praise our King, I want to invite you to come. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You're here. Let us be obedient to you. You come down now. You come to this office. You feel... You do what you feel the Lord is leading you to do. Go.